thankful to be able to preach tonight, and so um, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts. To the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 13, if you could. Acts chapter number 13 is where we'll find our text tonight. And uh, it's got a pop when I, when I say certain words, and so I don't know what that is, but uh, just bear with me on that, and it did on Sunday as well. Um, but on Acts chapter number uh, 13, that's where we'll find our text tonight, and we'll read that text straight from the Bible, amen. Acts chapter number 13, verse 38, could we stand, if you're able, want to, feel like it, uh, we'll stand and remember the sword of God. Acts chapter number 13, verse number 38, the Bible says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware therefore lest that come, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold ye despisers and wander and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. When the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Thank the Lord they turn to the Gentiles. You may be seated. Thank you for standing, Lord. We do love you. We do thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please help us preach tonight. Lord, it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is. We ask you, dear God, to please help tonight. Lord, I need your help. These folks need your help tonight. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would please help us, Lord, in every manner of supplication. Lord, as we pray to you tonight, Lord, help us. And Lord, I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to just please do your work in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If I ask you this question tonight, what is the priority of biblical missions, what would you say? What is the priority of biblical missions? Anybody got an answer to that? And I know there's a sound going on in the speakers, but... The priority of biblical missions. Brother Chris Hewitt, I called him. He said the correct, he, he said the correct, correct articulating of the gospel. That's what it is. Brother David Ballinger said it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's all about preaching the gospel. Brother Gary Chris said going to give the gospel. That's what it's about. That's the priority of biblical missions. The priority, now, now do we believe in giving to missions with our funds? Absolutely. 
But biblical missions as a whole, if we're going to believe giving, we're going to have to believe in going and doing our part in missions, not just giving our money. A lot of times, not we, I wouldn't say we, but we as a church use that as a means to get out. Some people do. And uh, in our text tonight, we, we can see Paul and Barnabas in the city of Antioch. And they're working in the city of Antioch there. And as Paul always did, he preached the gospel, right? He preached the gospel. And I hope this isn't in the recording tonight. But he preached the gospel, not, not what I'm about to say, but that ringing part. But that's what he did, and he preached the gospel to every creature. Every creature he come in contact with, I believe Paul probably preached the gospel, wouldn't you say so? And if we were to read the whole chapter, we would find that Paul begins as going over the history of Israel. And he begins by sharing with them Psalms chapter 16 and verse number 10. And he tells them about those sorts of things and he deals with that and we can read that. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And so he quotes Psalm 16.10 in that verse. And, and then Paul states the fact that Jesus is the one that those Jews were looking for. He's the Messiah. He is the Messiah that they have been looking for all along. And he was the one that they crucified. And he was the one that was buried. And he was the one that rose again from the dead. He was that same Jesus. And he then gives them a challenge to receive the gospel in which they had just heard. And that is exactly the priority of biblical missions. It doesn't matter if we're going across the street or if we're going across the state or if we're going across the sea. The priority is to share the gospel. It's not about numbers. Although numbers are nice. But if they never get the gospel, we've got something wrong. If they never get the gospel, we've got something wrong. It is the only way to salvation. It's believing in the finished work of Christ is the only way of salvation. It's believing by faith, meaning that we are trusting that He can do what He said He would do in His Word. By faith, we're trusting that the grace that he, the blood that he shed on Calvary's tree was enough. And it was enough to save any man, every man, and anywhere at any time. It does not matter. There's no limitations to the blood of Christ. He didn't shed just enough to save this many people, but he shed just enough to save everybody. And that's how he works, and that's how he knows, and that's how he's omniscient. And omnipresent and omnipotent. He's all those things wrapped in one. So I'm going to preach our sixth message in this series. And I'm going to preach on the priority of biblical missions. Number one, I want you to notice this gospel has a presentation. It has a presentation. And we can see this in our text. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here tonight. Or a whole lot of time anywhere rather. But, but, but it must be presented to a person. A person who does not know the gospel, you cannot expect them to know the gospel unless it is told to them. 
So the first thing we can look at is that it is a very precise gospel. Verse 38, the Bible says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. It's not through any other man, but it's through the man named Jesus. And it's through him alone that is preached unto them the forgiveness of sins. And clearly in this verse, that's who Paul is talking about. He said, through this man, through that Messiah that you've been looking for, through that in which that come through the lineage of David, through him is the forgiveness of sins. Not through any other one, it's, but he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. And this was not some fable. This was not some newfound movement. But Paul was sharing the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. As the Savior of all of the world, he was sharing him as that. And he was not speaking of some secondhand knowledge. He was not speaking of some rumors in which he heard uh, somebody preach down at the corner of the street. No, Paul had met the Lord and Paul knew the Lord. Paul said in the book of Colossians, I know him. I know him. Thank God I know him tonight, amen. Amen, and and, and Paul knew the Lord and he had trusted him for salvation. Uh, and, And aren't you glad that we have something that is real tonight? Amen. Something that we can share with others because it helped us and it worked for us. And not just because we could get out of hell, but man, we got so much more than that. We know the King of glory. And He's a friend of mine. And He isn't just a dream, and it isn't just a fairy tale, and hell isn't just a fairy tale or a dream, but it's real, it's very real, and we know Him, and He knows us, thank God He knows me by my name, and He is the only means of our salvation. And it must be clear when we present it. It's precise. Jesus died. According to the scriptures. He was buried and he raised again according to the scriptures. That's what he did. It was according to the scriptures. And so by faith we trust that from the scriptures. And so it's very clear and it's very precise on what he did. And it doesn't matter if you go all the way back to the Old Testament and read the Old Testament. I'm from the book of Genesis in chapter 3 or Genesis chapter 1. And you read that there was a world created... There's a God in heaven. And you go to chapter 3 and you read in chapter 3 where there were men and women. Or chapter 2 where there was a man and a woman which was created by the God of heaven. In chapter 3 and you read that, there, that, 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 that man and that woman that which, which, which was created fell. They sinned and God skinned out an animal. It was the blood that covered them. It was the blood that covered their wrong. It was the blood. And what the blood of whatever he skinned, it, it worked for a time being. But then they did it again. And then on a little farther we can read that the blood in Exodus 12, it worked for one year. 
And then the blood in Leviticus, all that blood of millions of lambs and pigeons and, and doves, turtle doves, and all of, that lamb, all of that blood consumed together worked for one year. But it, wasn't, it never sufficed. It was never enough. It was never enough and what the blood of bullocks and lambs and rams and all those things couldn't do. Uh, the blood of Jesus did once and for all men. It has to be clear on what you're telling them. It's the covering of Jesus. So my whole point, this is what has to be clear. It's Jesus plus nothing minus nothing. It's everything He did plus nothing minus nothing. It's not what we're going to do to get us to heaven. It's Him plus nothing minus nothing. It doesn't matter if we were christened as a baby. Plus nothing minus nothing. It's Jesus. It doesn't matter if we were baptized as a baby. It's plus nothing and minus nothing. It's all on what He did on Calvary's cross. That's what saves a man. It must be clear. And if you ask a person if they're saved, at least tell them how to be saved. Amen. It's a precise gospel. It's a pure gospel. We read in verse 39 where the Bible says, And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Paul was dealing with those who sought to continue in the law. They sought to continue on in the old past, the old things of the law. And they looked into uh, unto the law for their justification. But justification could never be obtained through the law. It could never be obtained through a book. It could never be obtained uh, um, through anything that has to do with that. But it had to be Jesus. And so justification is received through Him and it's imputed on our behalf. And we know the word justification means to be declared, be declared just or righteous. And those who have believed uh, in Christ have been given His righteousness. Are we understanding that? have been literally given His righteousness. And because, because of the cleansing of His blood, uh, and He's the only, He's the only, He's the only person that can take a black heart and wash it in red blood and make it white as snow. Pure. It's pure. It works, amen. It works completely. And God, didn't, God doesn't see the sins we've committed. Uh, uh, he, he, uh, he, hear me. He sees the righteousness of His Son. And nothing else can be pure to God but through Jesus Christ. Only through the shed blood of Jesus. It's a pure message. It's a pure gospel. It's a precise gospel. And then also it, it, it's a personal gospel. We read in verse 40. Beware therefore lest that come, lest that come unto you, upon you. Which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold ye despisers and wander and perish. For I work a work in your days. A work which I, ye shall no wise believe. Though a man declare it unto you. Those verses may not seem clear. But there's a simple fact here. In that Paul preached to these folks. They had heard the gospel at this point. They had heard it. And he knew that he was dealing with some who would not receive the gospel. He said very clearly. A work which ye shall no wise believe. Though a man declare it unto you. It was a gospel that they might not receive and he knew that many would reject it uh, and many would stay in their sin and under the law. But it would only result in their own condemnation. 
It would not result in anything else. They can never have anything else but through Jesus. And they had heard the gospel message and Paul revealed their obligation to it. It was their responsibility now. What they'd done with it, they had to do with it. He preached it to them. If they didn't hear it and heed it, then it was on them. It was on them. And once you share it, each person is responsible for what they do with it. Amen. It's a personal accountability. It's a personal gospel. Amen. The gospel has a presentation. Secondly, I want you to notice the gospel has power. The Bible says in verse 42, um, look at a few things in our text. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So, so we looked at this, and, and as we were looking, they, 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 the, look at the hunger that they attained. The hunger that they attained through the preaching of the words. Many of the Jews had rejected the message, but the Gentiles wanted to learn more about Jesus. They wanted to hear more about Jesus. What's happened to the Gentiles today? They don't want to hear about Jesus anymore. They don't want to hear about Him. And the gospel created a hunger within them. And our world, friend, our world, I tell you tonight, uh, our world, I experience it, you experience it, our world is filled with those who are seeking something. They are seeking something and they have tried the world and all it has to offer, uh, but it's left them empty and it's left them wanting something. It's high time to get out. I'm telling you, it is. Man in Scotland... He come to the tent and he seen Jesus saves on the front of the tent. And when he come to the tent, uh, he said to us, he said, he said, I've tried everything. He just wanted to be saved from alcohol. He said, I've tried everything. He said, I've tried all the programs. I've tried everything. So I wanted to know if that Jesus that says on the front of your tent will save, if he could save me from alcohol. By the time we left, he got saved more than just from alcohol. Amen, friend. Amen. Thank God for that. Beloved, I tell you is that we have the good news. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have what they, what they need. We have what they long to receive even though they might not even know it. They need to fill a part that's missing. We all have conscience. And they need to fill a part that's missing. And we need to do our part. To feed that part that's missing. Preach the word. Amen. Preach the word. Tell about it. Tell about it. Uh, they, they, had a God, they, had a, they had a hunger. They attained a hunger from this gospel. And secondly, not only that, but they, they attributed uh, humility from this gospel. Notice in verse 43 where the Bible says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. These people just didn't believe just before. Right? You know, some people don't believe because they never heard it. Not not all that were present that day rejected the words of Paul and Barnabas. Some believed and were convinced that the gospel was needed in their hearts and in the other hearts of men. And they didn't want Paul and Barnabas to be discouraged or anything like that in their race. And they, they, I mean, they wanted him to move on. They wanted him to keep on. Their work wasn't finished. They encouraged them. They said, hey, 
Continue in the grace of God. Continue in this. And we as people need to get behind the work of the church. Amen. We need to stay behind the work of the church. Amen. God has placed us here to reach the world with the gospel. But he's placed us here to reach around us with the gospel. And the gospel message needs to be shared. And we have the blessed opportunity to do so. Amen. It's an opportunity. Rather than being complacent and even critical at times, which we are sometimes. I mean, I mean we need to encourage each other in the faith. We need to, and we need to tell each other to press on for the glory of God. And we must go on. I'm the farther on, still go farther. Count the milestones as you go. And these were people who didn't believe before. But look at the power of the gospel. Now they're encouraging the preacher to go on. Go on in the grace of God. Humility and attribute. Then I want you to notice the hope that they exist. Verse 44, the Bible says, In the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Do you think they just came? No, they came because people told them. <laughs> Do you want to read it again? The next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Word got out during the, during the week. Word got out about something unusual that was going on at the house of God. And people, people began to talk about the Lord. Uh, and um, talk about the preachers and invited them. Uh, and invited others to come. And no doubt there was those uh, who came just out of curiosity. Uh, but I'm convinced that many came expecting to really get something. Maybe they seen them, them get changed. Almost the whole city showed up, not for any reason, but to hear the word of God preached. And friend, don't you doubt that that couldn't happen here in Polk County? Because it could. I mean, if it happened in Antioch, it happened in Polk, It can happen in Polk County. Amen. Amen. Well, why, why are people not coming to the house of God, but they're going to work and they're going to ball games and they're going to all that because there's something there they want. That's why, friend, uh, when we must share the good news and we must get it out, we must get the gospel out. We're not living as if, as if we're, maybe, maybe it has something to do with the Christians too. We're not living as we have something that they, 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 that they need. We're not living as something that they would desire. Listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ works for any man. If we would begin to live for the Lord and continually to talk about His goodness, I've told many people, man, this Bible's a love story, man. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you take it as. It's a love story. It really is. It's a love story, friend. And I'm telling you, is that if we would tell of His goodness and tell of His grace, and they might realize that He could meet all their needs too. And our world is filled with those who are in need. We all know those who stand in need of the Lord. We do. We want to feel, we want to feel physical needs before we ever feel spiritual needs. Most of the a lot of times that's our desire. We'll jump at somebody who needs food. I'm saying that's not a bad thing. We, we need to. That's the church's job too. But we'll jump at that, man. 
But what about somebody who's just soul sick, man? Let's do our part to reach them, amen? Let's commit to sharing the gospel and encouraging others to come and hear about Jesus. There's still power in the gospel. It hasn't changed. Still the power of God unto salvation. It is. It's still the power of God. And I, and I tell you tonight is that, that oftentimes we get ourselves messed up. A lot of churches have been incorporating this into their lives. Not only do they do faith promise, but they do seed promise. And they promise God, just as we would faith promise, they promise God that they'll give this many tracks out in a week. How about that? That too hard? Some do seven. It's one a day. Is that hard? Think about it. Just think about it. There's power in the gospel, friend. There's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There he is. Amen. The, the gospel has a presentation. The gospel has power. And lastly, the gospel is persuasive. Now, do you remember this real quick? This is God's job. Oh, every man has a will. You give them the way, but they have a will to accept that way or not. I've heard it many times, and I've said it probably a few times. You can take a you can take a you, you can take a horse to water, but it doesn't mean it's going to drink. Man, so so so, look at verse forty five. Uh, look at verse forty five. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. That was their receptiveness to the gospel. That's how they received it. So some were defiant towards the gospel. Some were defiant with the gospel. And the self-righteous Jews, were un, they were unhappy with Paul's message of salvation. And, and the, all the... Listen... There's 613 laws that they know they can't have, they can't, they can't keep. There's 613 laws that only one man ever kept. And that's why we can trust in him. Amen. You line him up to the wall and he'll line up. Amen, friend. I, 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 I used the law one time to share the gospel to somebody. And I said. If you look at that law, there's 613, because he brought up the Ten Commandments, that's why. I said, there's not just 10, there's 613 of those things. I said, not one man's been able to keep them. But Jesus kept them, and if you'll trust in his keeping of them, you'll never be judged for another one. That's how it works. That's how it works, friend. I'm telling you something here. Is that the, un, the, the, the demands of the law, they could not be kept uh, by any man. Uh, and they looked at Paul uh, and they viewed Paul and his message as a threat to the controls of the law. Oh, I'm telling you, they were filled with envy. They were filled with envy. Why, why did it say envy first? Well, there was a crowd showed up there. We're filled with envy and they spake against those things which Paul had even spoken of. And they contradicted and they, they blasphemed. And, and this reveals a strong rejection on the behalf of the Jews. And the word envy has the idea of uh, contentious rivalry. Jealousy. 
fierce indignation. And clearly the Jews wanted to stop Paul in the spread of the gospel at that point. And we could read on a little farther. We may do that. Verse 47, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for a salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women, the chief men of the city, and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust off their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The women riled up. And the chief men of the city riled up together. They said, get out of our coast. We don't want to hear what you have to say. So they took it to the Gentiles. Thank God. Amen, Amen friend. I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful the Lord had a plan there. And, and I tell you is that serving the Lord and sharing the gospel will never, will never come without its own opposition. People are going to be defying against it, and we we face we face a we face we face an adversary that will that will put every effort in his every effort in his gun of efforts to shoot at us and stop us from getting the gospel out. He'll put doubt in your mind that you don't have the courage to do it. He'll put doubt in your face. He'll do this. He'll do that. He'll make somebody turn the eye. All kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, a lot of times it's our own fault. We blame, we blame the devil when it's not him. I'm, I'm telling you, we might as well go ahead and be prepared, though. There's going to be opposition. And I certainly do not welcome the, the attack of, uh, of Satan. In my life, but I, I I do hope that we're doing enough that the world would notice. I hope we're doing enough that he would notice. Satan, are you doing enough for Jesus that Satan's going to notice it? Because if you're not doing enough for him that he's going to notice it, then you ain't doing enough for him. It's convicting. All I'm telling you, friend, is that some is going to be defiant towards the gospel. And then we read in verse 46, and we're done. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It is necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Some were determined. Some were defiant. Some were determined to share the gospel. Some were defiant towards the gospel, and some were determined to share the gospel. And Paul and Barnabas, they were bold. They were confident in the gospel. They had full assurance of the Lord. They knew that they were there for a purpose, and that's what they were going to do. And if the Jews were determined to reject the gospel, Paul and Barnabas, thank God, they were determined to share the gospel. Amen. And those who wouldn't, it didn't matter. They, I mean, Paul knew that he had no choice but to take the message to the Gentiles. We read it on a little farther where he did take it to the Gentiles. Be it known, therefore, unto you that the salvation of our God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. 28-28. All I'm telling you, friend, I know that's not exactly when he took it, but I'm just telling you very clearly is that they determined in their minds that they would not be stopped by the adversary. And we need that same determination in our life. 
Everyone that we witness to will not accept Christ. Everyone that we invite to church will not come to church. Right? Every time we meet at the house of God, we'll not see someone saved. I mean, we, we got so many ideas in our mind that, that that's what holds us up a lot of times. But none of those are reasons to not do it. We're, we do it because he said to do it. Amen. And we have been called to bear witness and be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Representatives, we're representatives of him. And, and, and we, have, we have the gospel. We have the gospel that the lost and the dying world needs to hear. We have that and someone didn't give up on us and told us of the gospel. Don't give up on anybody else, amen. Don't give up on anybody else. Somebody didn't give up on you. We ought to share the gospel. Somebody prayed for you. Pray for somebody else. Somebody told you about Jesus. Tell somebody about Jesus. And friend, I'm thankful we cannot give up on a world that's dying. It doesn't matter if it's 2023 or 2055. It does not matter. Jesus has not returned yet. And it's your obligation and my obligation to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. The true gospel, friend. Get it right. It's true. The true gospel. It's precious. It's pure. It's perfect. It's personal. And it's powerful. And we must tell now. We must tell now. The Lord has trusted you and I with it. He's trusted you and I. And it, it, it does the changing in a life. No man has ever come to the altar perfect. No man has ever come to the altar. It doesn't matter. That's a problem with a lot of people. I've seen it in this altar before. People want to come to this altar and they want to get, they, they said, I'm just not ready to be saved. Why? He does the changing. We don't have to do the changing. He does it. I can't do it. I can't do it at all. It, it, it I just don't work that way. If we're crucified with Christ and risen with him, then we're crucified with him and risen with him. And so therefore, we must understand it. And, and, but are we, are we committed to sharing it? Do you need more boldness for the Lord tonight? Do you need more boldness to share it? Because it is the priority of biblical missions. And if we're going to believe in missions, if we're going to believe in giving to missions, we're going to believe in doing missions. Amen. Our own self. I'm not talking about just going out, splitting fire for somebody. That's good. No, no, no talking about the priority of missions the main basis of missions the reason that God gave missions is to get the gospel out in every avenue that we possibly can and we can do more you can do more, I can do more we can do more with the gospel of Jesus Christ it helped us it it saved we heard it and we heeded it amen and now we've, we've hit it in our heart, homed it, and done all the rest of it. Hope, but are we heralding it? Are we telling it to others? If it worked for you, it would work for anybody else. Amen. I don't care if you're the best church goer of your life, of anybody. You were the best church goer. You never missed church service. If it worked for you, it would work for anybody else. Amen. Tell it. Yeah. It would never work. A, a, a story will never work. A gospel will never work. Any, nothing will ever work that's hidden. It cannot be hid in the bed. 
cannot be hid because of busyness, and it cannot be hid because of anything else. Amen. The, the one that's covered their, their light is useless for Christ. The one, that, what does it say? The one that's, the salt that's lost his savor is, is good for nothing but to be thrown down and to be cast down and foot tr- trodden over foot. That's it. Are you, are you good for nothing? I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm talking to myself too. I'm not saying that in a mean way. But are you good for nothing when it comes to your salt? Are you good for something? Are you salty? Lord, help us. Lord, help us tonight. It's the priority of missions. It's the priority of biblical missions. Are you doing your part to give the gospel to every creature? Are you doing your part? Think on these things tonight. Listen, the altar's always open. I feel like I need to say that. The altar's always open here. On Sunday I said that we're not, I don't feel like we need to have an altar call. We don't have to have an altar call for you to come to the altar. If you need to come to the altar, I would, I would sure enough obey Christ. And so, if you need me to say this, they are open. But if you don't, let's stand to our feet tonight. The priority of biblical missions is a simple fact of getting the gospel out. And if you need to pray and ask the Lord for boldness, He'll grant it to you if you really believe it. Men, are we sharing the gospel like we should? As men. Real men share the gospel. Real women share the gospel. Are you sharing the gospel, ladies? As you should. Help our lives. Lord, we need your help tonight. Pray for each person in here tonight, Lord. Lord, if they need to come to the altar, Lord, just give liberty. Lord, you've given liberty to preach, Lord. Help us, Lord, to receive it. Lord, to tell the gospel as we should in a world, Lord, that always needs it, Lord. God, help me to share the gospel to a dying world. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just help us tonight, work in our lives. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name.